So welcome to a bonus episode of the Leadership Podcast with Sim Dendy. And today we've got a bit of a special, not a special guest, a special pair of guests. First time we've got two guests on the show. And here's the thing. This season, we've been looking at leadership and justice. We've got some great guests. But as we arranged all the plans, I suddenly realized a new book had been launched just last month called Just Leadership all about this issue of justice and leadership together and how we uh, look at that. And I thought this would be crazy to run a season around justice and leadership and not include uh, the authors of this book, Simon Barrington, who I've known for a number of years, and a new friend of mine, Justin Humphreys, who've written this book, Just Leadership, entitled Putting Integrity and Justice at the Heart of How You Lead. Now, as a way of introduction, the first thing first is this is terrible um, interviewing practice. I don't agree with your opening line. <laughs> you said, and I, trust me, I read more than just the opening line. You said this is your opening line. Justice is the heart cry of the next generation. Uh-huh. And that line isn't untrue. But knowing you, Simon, and reading about your you through the book, Justin, you are both a generation fully engaged in justice. It's not just something yeah. for the next generation, yeah, yeah. Yeah, although right. I agree with you, it's integral to them. Yeah. Tell me a bit about your story of justice, that you, this is something you've all imbibed and lived for a long period of time. Who yeah, wants to yeah, go first? But, but interestingly, I think for me, it's been a journey to justice being integral to who I am. And so maybe if I could rewrite that first line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Simon, I shouldn't have said that. But no, I'm just... ju- justice is integral to the next generation. I think for me, uh, it started off with Live Aid in 1985 and uh, Wembley and 100,000 people and uh, famine in Ethiopia and um, a million people died and uh, nearly a quarter of a million orphans. And, and, and from then on, I became passionate about justice, passionate about supporting organizations like tear fund and micah challenge was on the board of micah challenge um part of samaritan's person responding to injustice around the world disasters and emergency hiv and aids um, but actually in the last few years i've come to just question myself about how much justice is right at the heart of who i am rather than a cause that i've tagged on to who I am, if that makes sense. And and what the book is about is actually about a radical revolution of the heart that actually puts justice right core and center. And for me, it comes from Psalm 89 and verse 14, which says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Yes, yeah, which says so much about the character of God that, that justice isn't just something that God does in, in a retributive sense but actually restorative justice and restoring relationships and putting things right in a good and a positive and a a shalom hope bringing sense it is right at the character of god so i questioned myself about simon you've been involved in all these organizations you've been running around the world trying to you know speak out on behalf of people who are marginalized but actually you live in quite a wealthy neighborhood with nice holidays and nice perks and Actually, how much is this going right to your heart and how much is it uh, affecting all of your behaviours and and attitudes and attributes and not just the causes that Mm. I support? So so the book Mm. is kind of going, it's not just about the causes. It is about the causes. It's it's an and, it's not a but, but... (laughs) 
hand. Um, it's it's about your heart as well. Absolutely. Yeah, Justin, you got anything to add on that about this kind of idea that the future generation has this justice in its very roots? Well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, and, and, and I take your, your point, Sim. Um, and oh, that was a terrible thing to do to you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, no, but it's absolutely right. And uh, and we need to be open to challenge. That's one of the things that we talk about in the book, isn't it? Um, so um, I think that is absolutely right. And I, I kind of reflect on um, time spent with uh, students at uh, Theological College, which really kind of um, brought home for me the difference. So there is a real difference, I sense, in the rising generations and their approach and their understanding to the wider issue of justice and injustice in our world. So to rock up to to deliver a lecture, expecting to get pushed back, all sorts of questions about this, that and the other, and well, why and how and what. And, and what I actually discovered from this, this group of, um, of young ordinands was that actually they'd done their homework. They, they'd got it. Um, and a whole section of the, the, the lecture that I planned to deliver was totally unnecessary. And what we engaged in then was a, was a discussion and a rich dialogue about, OK, but where does this take us and what difference should it make? You know, so for me, um, my generation, yeah, clearly there, there are there are people who are passionate about um, justice. But there is something different and something refreshing about the rising generations um, that actually give me real hope and inspire me immensely. Um, so, yeah, I, that, that's kind of that's kind of what that opening sentence is about. But clearly doesn't do it justice, does it? <laughs> no, there's probably something I think you're right. I'm, I'm sort of messing with you a little bit, teasing out of the line, but because because I know both of you and like I say Justin reading the book I can hear your story you know CEO of a significant charity that's, that's fighting hard against one of the, the darkest areas of, of injustice and safeguarding of children it's huge and I know Simon you've traveled the world as some of the most horrendous you know genocides and places where people have been treated so badly so I know it's there but there's something like you say quite rightly the the, the new generation this is already built in mm. but we had to add it on that it's almost you know the fairness and justice and you know is why wouldn't you whereas we almost had to kind of tell ourselves and that's why we had to do things like you know you mentioned there freddie mercury on the stage there at live aid we had to tell our generation a story because they wouldn't have done it without yeah. you know your sir bob and co doing what they did yeah, um yeah. but but why another book because you know there, there are loads of books you i mean you listed i think some of the best sellers at the front of your book you know you talk <laughs> about christopher wright uh, you talk about timothy keller generous justice i mean some great books so and i love the fact you mentioned them up front before anyone else did and so, but we're still going to write this book so why and you've alluded to a little bit Simon, which i think is really powerful about this book why another book on justice and leadership because I, I think there is a, a radical revolution of the heart that's needed that actually uh, helps leaders to think about how do we apply this concept of justice and integrity to our day-to-day -day actions? What, what difference does it make? What difference does it make in the classroom? What difference does it make in our business, in our charity, in our churches? And what are the postures um, that we as leaders need to be adopting to actually bring justice into our everyday actions? So one of the things that's really uh, affected uh, Justin and I is, is we've spent most of our lives sending ambulances to the bottom of a cliff. 
um, to rescue situations where injustice has happened. And it wasn't that those leaders weren't speaking out on global injustices or talking about um, racial injustice. And even if they were talking about those issues and climate uh, injustice, etc., there was still the potential that they failed in their local congregation or their or their local business. So, so where's the disjoint? And integrity is all about uh, lining it all up, isn't it? So, how do we line up this growing sense of joining in with, you know, vaccine injustice around the world, speaking out on behalf of that, and mapping it to the very actions, behaviours, relationships, day-to-day interactions when the rubber hits the road Mm. with the people around us. Because otherwise we end up being hypocrites, don't we? We end up talking about injustice for someone out there, yeah, Um, and and, and bringing injustice to someone who's straight in front of us. Uh, And that's the challenge of the book. And I think that's where it's, it's different in terms of uh, and more challenging for me, um, actually, uh, in, in terms of its application. And when we talk about um, having justice at, at the heart of how we lead, you know, there's, there's a clue in there. You know, so to to, to come back to your question, Sim, what, why another book? Well, you know, this this book isn't. Um, it's not deeply theoretical. Um, clearly, we draw on some some um, some concepts and and try and apply them but it is actually I, I think in my experience um from doing what I've done for, for as long as I've done it uh, many of the mistakes that are made in leadership today are are made out of um uh, those leaders not having spent sufficient time reflecting and let, let's say looking in the mirror but looking in the mirror for the right reasons um, and to um, to genuinely question themselves as to what am I here for? What am I doing? And who actually am I supposed to be reflecting here? So when we talk about being um, the image bearers of Christ, what does that genuinely mean for us in, in our leadership? Um, and so often we overlook the question. Um, we think it's all about us all too often. In actual fact, the only time it's about us is about when, when we're actually having to question our motives, our heart, our intentions, and have we got the focus right, which is about, frankly, everybody else. Yeah. I, I, I love the fact that you you say it's not about us, but you've definitely, like you say, started with us. I think there's something around justice where as a leader, if I can make justice a problem over there, Mm, yeah. then it's someone else's problem that I'm going to be the knight in shining armor come in and rescue, yeah. but it's not me. I'm not the problem. I'm the answer to the problem, yeah. but you've yeah. turned it around and said, actually it is about you. It starts with yeah. you. It starts yeah. with your attitudes, your behavior. And, and if you have yeah. that mindset of it's something I do to people, yeah. but you've helpfully redefined it. It's something yeah. that starts with us yeah. as individuals. Yeah. We yeah. collaborate and we gain others on board. Um, if, if we want to lead justly, we need to understand the part that we play and how we interact with others. And I think you're, yeah. you're lifting a lid on a very dangerous area because yeah. it's, it's very honest. And, yeah, and it is, it is, and, and, you know, and, and, and ha- but having a right view of ourselves as leaders um, is the starting point. So, so having a right view of ourselves in the created order. So first and foremost, we're, we're made in the image of God. Yeah. And actually yeah. every night when I go 
to bed, I pray this prayer. Um, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. Which yeah. for me just just puts me in the right place in the created order. These are not my problems to carry or to to have a sleepless night about. Um, I'm actually, I'm made in the image of God. God's given me giftings and skills. There's a there's a beauty and a joy about that. But I'm fundamentally flawed. Mm. Yeah? yeah, and I yeah. and I'm wounded and I have hurts and um, you know I I struggle with rejection. And, and lack of affirmation in, in my early life, not through my parents who were brilliant, but actually, you know, th- just through the experience of, of being a young person. And actually, I've carried those wounds and they're part of who I am. So how do we as leaders balance and keep that tension between I'm beautifully made and I have giftings and skills and visions and dreams and, and passions, and yet I'm fundamentally flawed mm. um, in terms of being wounded and hurt. And, and I can only do that and have a right sense of being humble as I understand where I fit in the created order and that that is always going to be in tension. And we have to deal with that and be real about it um before well i always say if someone gave me a million pounds i'd spend it on sending every leader i know through a uh, therapy and counseling before they ever become a leader mm. you know because actually we all bring baggage in and and there's there's stuff that needs to be dealt with so getting a right view of ourselves is 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 fundamental yeah. in our view justin anything to add on that at all I just agree with that, you know, and I think, um, as I think I alluded to, you know, so, so many difficulties are caused um, by uh, leaders who, who don't take the time to do that. Um, you know, this, this I can't emphasise strongly enough the, the, the importance of this self-reflection and self-regulation piece. Uh, that recognises that we have a dark side, a shadow side, if you, you want to call it that, um, that uh, and, unless we are attentive to it and unless we submit it fully and wholly to God. So, we, you know, we, we read in the Psalms, the writer says, search me, God, and know me. Um, you know, we, we, we need to render ourselves in full submission to God for him to say, do you know what, Justin? that bit about your character is likely to trip you up if you don't let me help you deal with it. Mm. Um, And if we don't take the time to do that, um, then all sorts of issues can often be caused. You know, so so many of the difficulties that that, that, um, I and 318 come across primarily, you know, are are not leaders who go out of their way intentionally to cause people harm and difficulty. They, They fall into that place unwittingly because they have gone into the situations they're in with their eyes closed yeah yeah, yeah. and it i does, think does, yeah go on sorry simon sorry it does come back to daily practices i i, I think you know as as justin and i have reflected on this it's it's the habits and the daily practices mm. and the postures yeah. of, of leaders and, and from the examine at the end of the day you know and, and the ritual of doing that of looking back of giving thanks of examining ourselves of giving the rest of, of the day to god and, and, and the sleep to god and, and and tomorrow to god um to you know getting up every morning and consecrating our work to god you know those daily practices that actually um ground 
us um, yeah. in in the work that we're doing become yeah. really important. Isn't it amazing after centuries and uh, with all the technology we have, we yeah. still go back to those ancient practices that are still healthy for yeah. us and good for yeah. us. No, you absolutely. Know, that is There's brilliant. a way things work. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I love your comment there, Justin, around, around the shadow. And I mean, there's a whole load of psychology in your book as well. It could be really helpful. Yeah. And I, I heard a great quote the, the other week that someone said, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant. Yeah. As you bring things into the light and much of your work, I'm sure, is things that got hidden and shoved away that should never have been. And as a church yeah. pastor, if I could only have dealt with people's issues before they got hidden, mm. then we could do something. Yeah. When yeah. someone yeah. comes to see you after yeah. 10 years of addiction or 10 yeah. years of, or, you know, yeah. or five years of something, it's yeah. much harder to unpick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you talk, one of the things you talk about, which I think is brilliant, and I've not heard anyone talk about before in this way, is about leadership and power. And, mm-hmm. and um, I, I was just desperately trying to find the quote you've used here from, um, it says here, ultimately, the only power to which man should aspire is that which he exercises over himself. I thought that was mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. But leaders, as leaders, as influencers, yeah. we carry more power than just the one that we have over ourselves, yeah. whether we realize it or not. And there was a, a line in Rick Warren's book, um, Purpose Driven Church, years ago, he said, um, yeah. he taught spiritual power without compassion. Mm being a dangerous thing anything not rooted yeah. in love he said is devoid yeah. of power yeah. true power yeah. so you've gone and tackled and i've been reading this and i find it fascinating this idea of power because every leader has it whether they know it or not yeah. how we manage that power yeah. how we exercise it you know yeah. the routines and yeah. habits you taught us. So, yeah. so tell us about that and why even you put it into the book because that's a brave <laughs> and you're again you're unpicking some things here well i think you know as a ceo of a of a big organization um I think I was pretty blind to the power that I had and the sources of that power for quite some time, actually. So, so you know, I have power because of my upbringing and my background and my this color of my skin. So, um, I have power because of my position um, as a CEO. Yeah, um, and I have power to create and to destroy. So I can use that power in a in a positive way, but I can also use it in a in a negative way. So in the book, we talk about the habits of of recognizing the power that you have. Yeah. Of understanding that power and its sources uh, as an individual. But also we talk about organizational power as well, which can be even worse sometimes, you know, a level results and the disasters that that brought to um, you know many many students was a result of organizational power poorly implemented but we have individual power as well and first first of all recognizing the power that you have um, and then recognizing you know are you gonna are you thinking about that as power over people power with people or power to people so we use those kind of terminology in and we tend to think of power as a zero-sum game so we have to if we've got it we have to keep it and we mustn't give it away and we have power over people but to transform that into um you know we have power with people we come alongside people we share 
power. Uh, we we move to this abundance mindset. So we talk about a scarcity mindset in the book and, and the need to move to an abundance mindset that's out of a grace-filled economy. I think uh, Stuart McCulloch used that term uh, in the TV series, but, but a grace-filled economy that actually acts out of a, a sense of abundance uh, life and therefore is willing to give away power and to share power and give power to and to exercise power with and it's why organizations find it so hard to collaborate so hard to partner so hard to raise up new leaders um, because actually we're thinking from a scarcity mindset that I've got power and I mustn't give it away whereas actually this this idea of kenosis of um of emptying of ourselves, which is so scriptural and biblical, you know, Jesus in the incarnation emptied himself and gave us this model of downward mobility, not upward mobility. That was Amy or Ewing saying that, you know, downward mobility, not upward mobility. We give of ourselves and that revolutionizes our, our thinking about power that we are acting out of what God's given us in our hands and we're giving it away and we we are abundant and therefore we're creative in terms of using our power not not destroying in terms of using our power so 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 powerful isn't it to to um to realize where where this all rests and if you think about any injustice of any kind across uh, our world it stems from a misuse or an abuse an abuse or or an imbalance in power one person's power over another, one community's power over another, one nation's power over another. Um, and what, what fascinates me about, uh, about that is that firstly, we've got it all wrong. Um, because if, if we are actually to, um, to be the image bearers of Christ, as, as we mentioned earlier, then um, there, the power is modelled in a completely different way. Yep. So take um, the passage in Philippians 2, I think it is, that, that, that calls us to reflect the humility of Christ. No, um, Jesus modelled the most incredible um, use of power that we have ever seen. Um, but in doing that, he, he humbled himself. Um, he told us to prefer each other rather than ourselves um, and, to, and to, to, to pursue what we were here for to the very end, if necessary, but tempered with that humility um, just kind of makes for something incredible. And um, it was Volker Kessler, a theologian, who said in all the accounts of um, where God or where, where the Bible recognized power in individuals, in leaders, it sat alongside um, the uh, absolute requirement for it to be tempered with accountability. Yep. Power and accountability, because without the accountability, we are all broken, fallible human beings. We will get it wrong. Yeah, well, you, you've done a great job of tying into my next question there, Justin, because that was exactly what I was going to. This whole idea about how we manage power, we need to be accountable, how we, you know, I can't see my blind spots, I can't see my shadow in that way we talked about. So I need people around me 
They're not people I place around me till I look good, but people who are willing to ask me the yeah. difficult questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, are, are we honest with one another? Do we actually do? I heard someone the other day criticize the evangelical church in the UK around our idea we can confess to ourselves our sins before we mm. go and take communion. What, and yeah. they were sort of pointing out that's a really crazy solution. We should really be confessing <laughs> to one another, not to our, yeah. our, our head. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, you, you talk about accountability. You've talked about a culture of honor, which I think in uh, with, you know, this podcast designed for Christian leaders and in, in the Christian world, the, the, the man of God, woman of God, phraseology, the kind of hierarchical, you've done this for longer, you know, you, you're more knowledgeable in the word of God. Mm-hmm. So therefore you yeah. can have, yeah. you have more power. Yeah. How do we hold one another to account when there's a spiritual dimension? And what does culture of honor really mean? How do we how would make sure it's mutual and not just, you know, or, yeah. or we we give people honor because we want to receive that from others yeah. and we create a spiritual tree of power. Yeah. Um, am I making sense here? So I'm, I'm trying absolutely. to connect, you know, your no, various chapters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And I think one, one of the um, one of the recent um, things that, that has reminded me so clearly about this for, um, for many of your listeners, they may not be familiar, but the independent inquiry um, into child sexual abuse um, has spent time looking at um, the Church of England, um, the Catholic Church. Uh, the the wider church in this country, uh, amongst many other things. Um, But when looking particularly at at the Church of England, you know, um, this is not an exclusive criticism of the Church of England, by the way. Um, But they recognise this issue, which played into the hands of injustice, which is a culture of deference that says, I, as you say, I've been at this longer than you have. My station is higher than yours. You therefore um, submit to, you know. Um, And I think we often get confused between the the, the difference of um, honouring each other and um, this unquestioning loyalty that is sometimes expected. When, when there is unquestioning loyalty, as, as we, we put it in the book, um, one leader playing the loyalty card that says, you owe this to me, or this is, this is for the advancement of the kingdom, therefore you must. We've, we, we've really got it all about face, um, and um, we, 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 need to, we need to model something better than that that says, look, I'm holding myself voluntarily accountable to others um, in, in doing that. Um, maybe firstly, I'm, I'm uncovering and dealing with my own deficiencies before I'm prepared to point them out in others. Um, you know, it creates a completely different dynamic. So, you know, I think there is a difference between um, honoring and, and deference and, and giving people opportunity to, to genuinely be a part of a relational connection which is for the good of both rather than one over the other yeah and especially in the world of of justice and 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 charity and and working with children for the good of the people we are serving yeah not even for the good of our organization or the good of my career or the good of my future you know potential but actually we're here to serve others that's our yes sorry Simon you're about to say something yeah I I think that's so important actually that you know what's our idea of success here for leaders needs a real examination actually Mm. because you know are we looking at um 
uh, our leaders in terms of the cultures that they're creating. So, you know, when we look at the culture that someone is creating, is it one in which mutual thriving of individuals from all backgrounds is happening? Is it one in which a culture of mutual respect is happening? Is it one in which there is no manipulation or coercion? Is it one in which great social and cultural good is created and valued? And so, you know, the the examination and the understanding of those cultures, I think there are some things there which need to have a higher priority for us and a higher level of importance for us when we're thinking about success. You know, how are people thriving under this person's leadership? Not how, how are they thriving or how well are they known or how well are they connected, but how are people in this congregation thriving and growing here? What kind of environment is being created yeah. here um, for people? And, and, and then you know that power is being exercised well and there's good accountability um, because actually, you know, it's an open, transparent, authentic environment and culture. And, you know, people talk about the team that they're on as being uh, engaging for them and life-giving for them. I, I'd love yeah. to do a, a survey across everybody's churches to go, you know, people saying that the environment here is life-giving and wholehearted and organic and growth-orientated and creative. Um you know, we need a better way of of, of uh, articulating that and, and understanding yeah. it. Oh man, I've got so many more questions. I want to, I want to talk to you about <laughs> sort of, you know justice and leadership within social media, the influencers who've got so much power. You know, Marcus Rashford does a tweet and a message, and yeah. we can change. You know, holiday hunger, really, yeah. really useful. But the flip side of that is someone can misuse their online status and do all kinds of or pithy yeah. statements actually are unhelpful um yeah. so we yeah. could go oh yeah. man my head's <laughs> i want to wrap this up for the sake of time and our listeners but i want to point them so they can get more because the book is full it's it's, it's not a thin book it's, it's a and i mean this in a good way it's a rich <laughs> book it's got loads in there you know take your time and because obviously there's two authors you've you, you've brought your own sort of experiences to the table um if people want to get hold of a copy of a book i guessing online normal yeah. All the usual outlets, normal channels, but there, there is a, the Just Leadership website. So just-leadership.com will give you details of the book, details of um, the TV series that accompanies it. And, and I think just one thing I would like to add is actually, you know, Justin and I, you can hear our voices, you can't see our faces, um, but we are two white middle-aged blokes, okay? So one of the things around the TV series was just modeling the opening up of other voices and diversity. And there's a proverb in the, in the book, the Ghanaian proverb that says, better to invite me to your, oh, it's good to invite me to your table, but better to invite me into your kitchen. And, and we just recognize here that there are many more voices to be heard on, mm, on justice yeah, and, yeah. and good for you, Sim, that actually you've got a diversity of voices even on this podcast. We wanted to model that on a TV series as well. Yeah. And then there's going to be a course for leaders coming out next year. So just type in leadership.com. You can find out details. And home, and home group stuff. And home group I stuff think. as well. 
yeah. yeah early next year so yeah you're not gonna be able to escape it you know <laughs> I, lo- I love the fact that you guys didn't just write a book you kind of did a whole like branding exercise so just leadership will be everywhere but yes you can watch just leadership tvs on the tbn channel i believe that's right isn't it yep. yeah and yeah. and so yeah do go to their website we'll make sure there are links on our um the, the, our podcast page and we'll link to the book as well so you can get hold of a copy of that but can i say to you simon and, and justin thank you so much as a christian leader thank you for for challenging our behavior because we you know we want to be the best we can thank you for joining us in this bonus episode of the leadership podcast and um thank you so much for going to the heart of leadership not just skirting around and looking at some of the issues because the people we lead and those around us the ones we influence deserve our very best because when the leader gets better everyone wins thank you so much for joining me thank you so cheers Tim.